Let's talk about how do we pray. I want to talk about this since we're going to be spending time in prayer. And I'm going to deal with some concepts on prayer that I think hopefully will liberate you. First is this. Um, we're going to look at Scripture. Jesus said this in Matthew 6.6. Uh, 6. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. Your Father who sees in secret, secret will reward you. I want you to know there's four elements to this teaching of Jesus. One is that prayer is a part of the Christian life. It's not an option. It's a part of the Christian life. The second is this. Prayer involves a place. Go into your room. Shut the door. And that prayer involves secrecy. Something that's very intimate between you and God. And the fourth is this. It's rewarded openly. There are rewards that come with this. Let's go on to Matthew, Mark chapter 2 and verse 20. Mark 2 and verse 20. The days will come when the bridegroom, speaking Jesus speaking of himself, is taken away from them, and then they will fast in that day. In other words, Jesus said fasting is a normal part of the Christian life. It's not for weird radicals over here, some extremism. In that day, my followers... All of them will do this thing called fasting. Let's go to another scripture, Matthew 6, 7 and 9. Jesus says, when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. But pray then like this. In other words, Jesus assumes we're going to pray, but he says, don't ramble. Pray with focus and pray in the context of relationship. You know, I don't go up to my wife to establish a relationship. Oh, Sue, a highly beloved wife, I love you so much, who does my, the dishes sometimes and lets me cook in the kitchen. Thank you, Lord, for your, thank you, Sue, for your friendship. And I just start talking to her like that. So, Bob, 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 what are you doing? But we talk to God that way. Oh, Heavenly Father, Jesus says, don't ramble. Talk in the context of relationship. Talk with focus. Jesus, Paul goes on, and he says this, dealing with husband-wife relationships, do not deprive one another except perhaps by agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourselves to prayer. In other words, there are seasons of abstinence in the Christian life in many areas. And those seasons of abstinence are designed so that we would give ourselves for more devotion to know God in prayer. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, you say, well, Bob, do we kind of abstain that way during this fast? I leave that to you and the Holy Spirit. I'm not getting involved in that. All right. Here. <laughs> Acts 2:42. they devoted themselves. They devoted themselves to prayer. One of the things I love about this book, Starving, is that it is resetting some real good habits in my life. I'm changing my schedule. I've adjusted even my goals for the year. It has reset a lot of things in me. But the question I need to ask myself, and you need to ask yourself, is how much, uh, how devoted are we to prayer? How much is prayer really a priority in my life as a believer in Christ? Marshall Siegel, who, who writes for Desiring God, he made this statement. We will not do anything of any real and lasting value without God, which means 
We will not do anything of any real and lasting value without prayer. How many people want to do some things of lasting value? Well, the Bible says this in Psalm 127. It was the first verse we ever put on our church bulletin. Remember church bulletins? Remember when they were there? Some churches still have them, but we don't. But, but uh, the first verse we had on our first Sunday in September 7th, 1997, except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain to build it. I've told you many times before that I fasted for 30 days before we started this church, and I miraculously ended it in 26 days, as everyone knows. But in the middle of that fast, the Lord quickened to me, 2 Samuel 7, 11, where David was wanting to build God a temple, a house, a dwelling place. And God said to David through the prophet, you're not going to build me this temple. But then he says something about David and his lineage, but I will build you a house. I talked about the lineage of King David. The Lord quickened that scripture to me about City Harvest Church. He says, Bob, you will not build this house, but I will build this house for you. That was a huge scripture God quickened to my heart. I was in Africa, in Uganda, probably about, this is about eight years ago now, and I had Pastor Bob Grimm from Walla Walla, Washington there with me, and we were, after we had our evening services in this MFI conference, we were at uh, Bob and Sharon Wager's house, the missionaries there, and eating, and, and, and Bob said to me, because I shared the story, but he wasn't aware that I shared the story that night to the church, he says, his Bob, God quickened a scripture I want to give you. The second Samuel 7:11, that you will not build him a house, but he will build you a house. Never knowing about this story, never knowing about this situation. This house is going to be built by prayer. My life and your life are going to be built by prayer. Your business will be built by prayer. Nothing has lasting value if God doesn't build it. He's not going to build it unless we do the dependent thing of communion with him. For him to accomplish his purpose. Now, let's, let's get into this. I'm going to try and respect your time as fast as I can here. The concept of prayer is, is simple, but its application has been confusing to many believers. Yeah, we pray to God. Question is, how? Some, you know, is it a set time or is it any time? Is it... Uh, no specific approach, or do we do a, like a David Yong Yi Cho rigid formula? We're going to do the Lord's Prayer. I got to first say, How Father's in heaven, how be your name? And I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this. So we do tabernacle prayer. I do the altar of sacrifice. I do the washing. I light some candles. I, I'm going through what all these things mean. I got this rigid approach. Or do I just pray any way I kind of want to pray? Do I pray loud? Like a good Pentecostal, one parent was praying pretty loud in his bedroom. His guy's not, son knocked on the door and says, Dad, God's not deaf. <laughs> Father said back to the son, he's not uptight either. <laughs> or do I pray silent? And I come from a silent to a loud, to a loud culture to actually respecting a little bit of silent prayer. How do I pray? And I, I want you to know, I, I hate praying with silent prayer people. It's hard for them to know, know if they're really agreeing with me. Because I don't know what's going on in their head. Do I do just casual? Like kind of a whammer? Hey, Dad. 
why am I ever called God Dad? Because of the teaching of Floyd McClung on the Father Heart of God. I've talked with one couple right in the middle of Kabul, Afghanistan. Two blonde 24-year-olds had two blonde children in the middle of Afghanistan. And they say, we think we're supposed to go up into the mountain country. We got a one-way ticket, enough money to get us to one way. We're going to get mules and donkeys and get up into this unreached people group. And we have no money to return. Pastor, will you ask Dad if he wants us to go? You know what? I prayed with them right there. The Lord spoke to me. Send them. And they made it. They had a revival up there. But their approach was, hey, Dad, you want me to go? Or do I get real formal and, you know, and how I approach God? Oh, ancient one who rides upon the clouds. <laughs> Written? We've been writing a lot of prayers. You're saying, I've got to write this journal. When you're writing in your journal, you're writing a prayer to God. Do you think God doesn't know about the prayer? God, I'm going to read this to you. I've already read it. In fact, I read it before you wrote it. So I know the end from the beginning. Liturgical. We like to throw rocks at liturgical people, but I find real spirituality in liturgical things. And some of us are reaction from some of our backgrounds. The Lord be with you and also with you. Okay, we don't like that, but sometimes there's some rich things in those liturgies. Well, God doesn't hear it. Well, it matters if you join the heart to the truth. Or do I have to be spirit-led? Do I petition God? You know, we say today, we come to you asking nothing. I think there's a place for that. But there's also a place to petition. It's like, God, I'm coming to you because you're my source, and I, and I have need to do your will in this area. I'm, I'm calling upon you. There's, there's both. It's not either or. Problem is, we get confused, we judge, and we we're left with a question like, what's the right way? Well, there's challenges to prayer, too. Real quick, time, space. Kids. How many parents of young children know that kids get up early? I had my two granddaughters, Briar and Meriwether, staying with us here a few weeks back, and, and I was looking forward to get out of bed. I slept in just a little bit, but it was like 6.30 in the morning. I get this little... I could barely hear it. I was, getting, I was so excited to get out of bed, have a little devotional time, have some coffee, and open up, and there's two set of little eyes. <laughs> You're up. <laughs> uh, our mind clutters. Man, are, yeah, man, just filled with... We got, we, got, we got a lot of stuff that we, we get cluttered with. and You know, we, I got that thing going on. I got that meeting. I got that. And I want to watch that Netflix series tonight. Okay. We got anxiety. Anxiety really means this. It means I'm speculating into the future, processing what's going to happen, projecting into the future, and I don't even know what's going to happen in the future. And I would do this, well, that happens, I'll do this, and I'll do this, and then sometimes it's with negative consequences. How many pro people have prophesied in your projections doom and gloom? You're trying to pray. Self-sufficiency is another one. You might get, I could actually, I'm just going to say it to you, I can lead this church by instinct. I've been in full-time pastoring ministry for over 30 years. I know how to do it in my sleep. I know I have hundreds of sermons in me. And I could just wing it. 
and you would never know. Is that the way I want to live, though? Then we got tangible realities trumping intangible realities. That the world that I can feel and interact with is more real to me than this invisible world called the kingdom of God and the invisible world called spiritual warfare and the invisible world of angels both dark and light and the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, we, don't, we want us to be spiritual. We don't want to be spooky. Pastor, there's a demon right on your left shoulder right there. And, you know, let, me, let me flip him off for you here. Flip off this way, not the other way. People get really spooky, but yet we get also unspiritual, like this is it. We become Christian deists. That affects our prayer life. Quickly, 14 truths that are going to help you about God. This is it. Why are you going to show us how? No, I think if you understand God, you'll figure out how and the way he made you. First thing is this. God wants a relationship with you. I love Revelation 21.3. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. Come on, God wants to be with you. Everyone say, God wants to be with me. He wants to walk with you. He wants to hang with you. He wants to talk with you. He wants to hug on you. He wants to meet with you. He's, he's, he's excited. Wade, Wayne Gruden, who's a theologian, said this. We do not know everything about God, but we can know God. That was a profound statement. We don't know everything about God. The unsearchable riches of Christ, we don't know everything about God. We, go, we know the Bible that he's revealed himself to, it, and sometimes we're even getting more understanding of what he said in the Bible. But he only let us know what he wants us to know about him. But we can know him. We can know him. My prime example are little children. Little children know him. It's amazing to me how God speaks to children. God uses children's faith. My most dramatic healing in my body took place when my daughter was like sixth or seventh grade with, an, with Gwen Lemke's daughter. Okay, both little junior high kids at a camp prayed over me in about a 30-second prayer, and I got miraculously healed. The most outstanding healing I've ever had. They knew God. Did they know everything about God? No, but they knew God. We can know him. Second thing here, truth about God, is that God has made prayer possible. I love Hebrews 19 and 20. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter in the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. Because of what Jesus did for you on the cross, you now have an open invitation to come into the very presence of God because of what he did. It doesn't matter what your track record is. doesn't matter how weak you are. doesn't matter how defeated you are. It doesn't matter how you even feel about yourself, good or bad. You have, because of what he has done, you have an open invitation to come into the very presence of God. He's made this thing possible for relationships. One of the scriptures that I quote sometimes when I come into prayer is Rebel, excuse me, Romans 3.23, where I have been justified freely without cost by his unmerited favor, his grace, through the redemption, through the work of the cross in Christ Jesus. 
And Lord, here's my ticket today to come and say, Father, I need to pray. It's not my track record. It's not how I treated Sue that morning. It's not, it's not where my attitude is. It's on the basis of Jesus. I got an audience with God. Well, you got you to repent. Well, sure you do. You got to come open. I should have done that. I confess it. Cleanse me. 1 John 1, 9. I understand that. But you got a ticket into the presence of God. The third truth is this, is that God hears the heart. Come on, I love Isaiah 60. I'm giving you some of my favorite verses that have shaped my life. But this is the one to whom I will look. How many people want God to look on you? Here it is. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. It's not how eloquent, it's not even how theological it is. He looks at the heart. I've known people snared because people have corrected them on what they say in prayer and how they pray. And I've watched it destroy their relationship. You just be you. If the way so-and-so prays irritates you, get over it. Is God irritated with it? That's why I've told you many times, God uses people that I don't like. Blesses ministries I don't agree with. He never asked me about my counsel. He has a way of responding to their hearts. Fourth truth is God hears our thoughts. We know Hebrews chapter 4 and and verse 12, it says, For the word of God is living and active. Why is it living and active, not just a dead letter? It's living and active because the Holy Spirit's behind it. And so when we read it, there's there's a person behind it talking to us. It's living. Sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of the soul, of joints, and of marrow. And I love this, discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. God hears your thoughts and the intentions of your heart. Remember William Branham. How many old Pentecostals remember William Branham? Heard the stories of the great healing evangelist. We had an angel visit him in 1946, according to his testimony. When he did crusades, he wouldn't start until the angel appeared. He said, well, how do you know? Because if you watch his films, it's like from another world. If you watch the old videos. God did many things, miracles. But he said this, that the angel said to him, you're going to have a gift to read the secrets of men's hearts. And the angel said this to him according to his testimony. For the thoughts of men's hearts ring louder in the throne room of heaven than their words. Now, Bob, you know, give me a scripture and a verse on that. I, I'm not, but he, he knows the thoughts and the intents of our heart. So can I pray silently and just kind of, I'm mentally engaged in God, will he hear my thoughts? And the answer is yes. Do you want to pray in an airplane? You start, you start speaking in tongues and she wrote a Honda and, you know, Jesus! Okay, you're not going to do that on an airplane. But can you pray? Yeah, you can pray. Can I just pray silent? I just feel like being silent before the Lord and contemplating? Yes, you can. He responds to faith. Jesus said this. Remember Jesus? (laughs) Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? I mean, come on. Faith moves God. That's what moves God is faith. You know what doesn't move God? Eloquence and pride and form and image. Your faith can move God even when you fall asleep. How many people have ever fallen asleep in prayer? (laughs) 
It's horrible falling asleep in prayer. <laughs> Catching yourself that you fell asleep praying. We have one single mom in our church shared in a group that gets up at 5 in the morning. Great single mom. Before she gets her kids ready for work and her, I mean, to school and herself to work, she tries to do devotions. Many times falls asleep on the Bible. Do you think God hears her faith, her heart? He even is moved by your faith when you loop. How many people have ever looped in prayer? Where you cut yourself like a broken record saying the same thing. God bless Sue. Bless Sue, Lord. Man, I said that five times now. Sorry, Lord. I was kind of stuck. And then we say stupid things. Some people have said stupid things in prayer. One time I caught myself praying to myself. God can handle honesty. Come on. David said, the troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. I was reading Psalm 5 this morning. Give ear to my, my words, O oh God, and consider, and in the King Jimmy version, my meditation, but the word, the Hebrew, consider my groanings. Can I really groan to God? I'm really like, God, I'm in pain. This is bad. This is not just. I, I don't get it. Yeah, you can. You can have honest to God prayer. You can have honest to God prayer. You know, that's why I so appreciate the Psalms because the Psalms are so consistent with the reality of my life. I found I have enemies. I don't try to be an enemy, but I find that people, see, they, they think they're trying to help me, but they're actually opposing me at some time. So I, I have enemies. I've had people that had horrible agendas at me. I've had people who have attacked me viciously. Okay? I have enemies. You have enemies. Just like David had enemies. Okay? Sometimes I cry out. I, I grumble. I have questions. I'm upset. Come on, he can handle that. This thing isn't Pollyanna. It's raw and it's real. That doesn't mean I stay there. I get to a place of faith, but I got to get there, and God allows me to do that. Another truth about God that God answers questions. David said, For you are, you are the God in whom I will take refuge. Why have you rejected me? <laughs> I think David wrote Psalm 43. I didn't research that out, but I believe I'm right. Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? It's questions. God answers questions. I remember in 1983, I had come down to Bible college, took my, what re, I had accumulated in five years of teaching in public school, my retirement for tuition. We lived on it, worked for the Christian school, which paid us pennies, house sat in a house, and by 1983, we were out of all money, and the church graciously gave me a, a, a maintenance, part-time I mean, maintenance job for two months in the summertime, and I couldn't go to Bible college anymore, and we were stuck. Didn't know what my future was. And I was driving back on the 205 bridge, right when it first opened back to our house one night after, after a meeting or something in Portland, and by myself, and I'm crying out to God in my car, why have you brought me to this place? Why have you brought me? I thought I was going to go to Bible college. I have nothing. Why, God? Why? I got home and crawled into bed and told Sue, I'm just crying out to God why he brought us here. Why did God bring us here? Next day, I'm on a tower, a water tower, putting tar on it in the afternoon, and up a ladder comes one of the elders of the church. 
walks over to me. I'm kind of working with my thing. He goes, Bob, I'm coming to you because Dick Iverson sent me to you. He wanted me to tell you something, that the reason God brought you to this place is to work with the youth of this house. I walked off. God answers prayer. He answers questions. You have questions? He'll answer those questions to you. What else about God? God wants to speak to us through the scriptures. When all scriptures breathed, breathed, come on, it's breathed out by God, and it's profitable. The primary way God speaks is through His Word. Now, one of the things I do, just you may not do it, but when I have my time with the Lord, I'm reading Bible, my Bible verses, there's things that jump up to me, and I make those things that jump up to be a matter of prayer. So God may speak to me about something about favor or forgiveness or repentance or holiness. And, I, and that verse jumps back. When I get done reading, I'll go back and I'll start praying about that verse. Lord, thank you for this verse. I turn it into a prayer because I feel God's spoken to me through his word and I'm praying it back to him, what he's revealed to me, to work it into my life. What else happens about God? God speaks in his own place, time, I mean, his own way, time, and place. And of course, I love this. The next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, talking about the team coming from the house of Cornelius, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. It was 12 noon. It's lunchtime. And he became hungry and waited for something to eat. Now, this is the way I picture this. Peter's up on a roof praying. Finally, I'm, I'm hungry. He's not, Peter is not being spiritual. I'm hungry. Hey! Cook me up some fish. A lot of olive oil, some garlic, yeah, and some pita bread. Some figs. He's, he's hungry. I'm hungry. Okay, I'm going to finish this prayer thing. While he's probably in a half unspiritual state, he fell into a trance. See, what we do, okay, Lord, this is my time that I listen to you. <laughs> Nothing. Well, God didn't speak to me. Well, he chose not to in that time and way and place, but it's not that he's not going to speak to you. Charlie Sweet, you guys know Charlie Sweet? We'll have Charlie here this May. Charlie Sweet was at the Heathman Lodge doing meetings here, having breakfast with his wife, and he told his wife, I have a word for that man. There were two men having breakfast. I have a word for that man over there. His wife said, you better give it. Don't be disobedient. So he, those are, wives are always encouraging, aren't they? And uh, <laughs> walks over to this guy, and he says, Brother, my name's Charlie. I don't know you, but I was eating breakfast with my wife, and I told my wife I felt God speak to me about you, and I, I feel like i got something to share. He goes, what is it? Well, first, the Lord showed me that you're a pastor. He goes, I am. And you've been coming, you came here, and you've been praying for this question, and this is what God says to you. And he says, Brother, let me just tell you, See, this man right here is one of my elders. We're from Pasadena, California. We just needed to seek God. We wanted to go someplace to seek God. We opened a map, and we said, where do you want us to go to seek God? We put our finger, and it landed right here in Vancouver. So we flew up here, and we rented a room. We've been fasting for three days, asking God a question, this question. And God didn't answer us. And I said, well, let's eat. We're done. And while they're eating breakfast, Charlie answers the very question that they were fasting three days for. 
God will choose when and where. You know, one thing about God that I've learned through the Bible and through my own experience, he likes to be God. His way, his time, his manner. We need to flow with it. What else? God must be honored. Jesus said, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, how would be your name? The name of God reveals his nature. So, you know, why should I worship his name? Because worship his name will give you a perspective of who he is and how you should pray. Start praising God for his grace. Come on, you're going to pray in the realm of grace for his holiness, realm of holiness, okay? Come on, for his sovereignty, his will. I mean, you're going you're to get a perspective on how to pray. Honor his name. I'm in a lot of tapping going on right here. I'm, my, uh, Jerry, you're going to pick it up. There we go. No, don't need to. It came back. Twelfth thing is God wants to be alone with you. Worship team, why don't you come on up here? We've got to bring this to a close. I actually want to go back to something else. Sorry. Nice. Nice. Bag it. All right. God wants to be alone with you. Jesus, we read in the beginning... He says, you go into a door, you go into a room and shut your door, and your father who sees in secret. You know, there's just something about that secret place. I think God's excited when you go into a secret place with him. It's just your special place with he and him. I I think he's waiting for you to come because he just wants to meet with you. It doesn't involve the church. It doesn't involve other members of your family. It just involves you and him. He delights in it. He delights in it. And he wants you to develop that intimacy with him. One of the beautiful things about marriage is there's things you share in marriage that you share with no other person. The same is true with God. The other thing about God, somehow my PowerPoint kind of froze up here. The other thing about God is he wants you to pray about anything, big or small. Today we prayed that God would move the mountain of abortion and racism out of our nation. Big things. He wants us to pray about those things. About the 27, how about the 27 million people who are slaves globally around the world, held in human slavery? He wants us to pray about those things. Whoever says to this mountain, be moved, it's moved. If he has faith, it'll be moved. We got some mountains. But he also says, cast your care upon me. Cast your care upon him, for he cares for you. Well, you know, I want to pray about my test. Pray about your test. I want to, well, is God really concerned about the purchase of the house? Pray about the purchase of that house. I remember when we bought the house that Leslie lives in right now. We were, we were in one of those bids where it's first come, first serve, and we were in second line. And I said, Lord, it's the only house I can afford. And I don't want this other person to be rejected so that I can get it. But if it's your will that we have that house, have them withdraw. Next day, I got a phone call that they withdrew their bid. 
We bought the house. This is 1985 for $35,600. Those were great days. <laughs> the, the issue was that everything was cheap, but so was my paycheck. Then <laughs> God said, you can pray anywhere. Jesus said to the woman at the well, he says, not, not on this mountain, nor in Jerusalem will you worship him. For the true worshipers will worship God in spirit and truth. You don't have to come to the church building to pray, even though I want you here at 539. <laughs> you can pray anyway, anytime. You know what? People ask me this question, and you're just going to know it. Bob, would you pray for, like, Cousin Vinny? Would you pray for my grandmother? Will you pray for this interview I got on Thursday? I pray with you right now. Hold my hand. Why? Because I won't remember one, and I'll lie to you. <laughs> Ever said to somebody, hey, praying for you? That's a, sometimes that's a lie, because you haven't been. I, I want to pray with you right now. Well, it's not, well, it's like quick. You're not in any posture. You're ready to walk out the door. Come on, anywhere, anytime. It's faith. We agree. I've watched all sorts of prayers answered with that. The issue is relationship. If we understand God, we can be ourselves in relating to him.